You're listening to the Just Means Less ACC podcast with your hosts, Micah and Nick. Nick, you caught me mid-bite. For those listening, I sent Nick the link like a minute ago and wasn't sure when he was going to come on, so I was enjoying some Hershey's Cookies and Cream Dipped Pretzels. So I forgive forgive me for having a little bit of a mouthful as I answered to do the intro. But Nick, how are we doing? Uh, good, man. Can't complain too much. You know, um, finally slowing down. Uh, at the deli, which is kind of nice, all the break, so that's pretty nice. Um, and I'm excited to kind of relax a little throughout the week. Um, other than that, man, nothing much to report. Um, we're kind of in the di- we're kind of you know in a dead period a little bit. Bowl games haven't started yet. Uh, we had the Heisman Award, we had Army Navy, but we're kind of in the thick of basketball at the moment so that's pretty cool uh yeah man how are you i'm boycotting college basketball because the ap poll put purdue over virginia <laughs> so no, i'm uh, i'm pretty good um i'm proud of our nfl teams nick we are i think our team should automatically have to play in the super bowl because our third string quarterbacks are winning football games that's right oh. that's right Give me Mr. Irrelevant versus the Boston College legend, Anthony Brown, who led the Ravens to a victory over the Steelers yesterday. That was a uh, nothing is. I understand this Steelers team stinks, Nick, but there is nothing better than beating your rival for the first time in five games with your third string quarterback. Yeah. As right. the underdog, may I mention, because we were the underdog entering with our backup. And it's like, uh, yeah, people will go, oh, well, the Tyler Huntley played the first half. Um, yeah, he played the second half and won the second half. So, um, hmm. you know, and uh, the Steelers are filled of, um, I can't believe I'm going to say this because, you know, this is an AC-friendly podcast, but the busts that are Mitch Trubisky and Kenny Pickett. <laughs> so, yeah, right. I actually don't think Kenny Pickett's that bad. I think the rest of the Steelers just honestly are trash, like offensively. Yeah. Like if, I... if the Steelers had, like, any skill set pieces left, Besides Najee Harris, I think they'd be okay. <laughs> I honestly think so too. I think Ken, Ken, Kenny has had good games. I know. Like, the, Kenny the Pickett. Game is, this, you guys was is, is this a hot take that Kenny Pickett's best receiver he's ever played with is not even in the NFL yet? And Jordan Addison? Is that a, is that a bad take? Because that's what it feels like. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see because I think. Uh, What's his face? Who just got traded to the Bears a couple of weeks ago? I think he was really good. Uh, what was his name from Notre Dame? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm drawing a blank now too. Oh man, he made that sick catch, and I was there against LSU. Shit. Yeah, shoot, I forgot um, who it was. Boykin? No, Boykin? No. Everyone is screaming at us. How do you? How, uh, they're screaming his name, and we we can't remember. Oh, this is gonna kill me now. All right, we gotta look this up. He was traded to who again? Arizona? Is that who it was? No, he tra- he was traded to the Bears. Bears, that's right. Steelers. I can see his face, too. His face is in Me, too. I'm literally watching him moss a player. Oh, Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool, thank you. Chase Claypool didn't go to Notre Dame, though. Did he not go to Notre Dame? Oh, no, he did. Huh. Okay, that's what I thought. No, I'm confused. Whatever. Who cares? Notre Dame's not I part of the ACC, so... America. I have a really hot take that I came up with yesterday. And it's oh boy. That the Seattle Seahawks are the best team in the NFC West. Uh oh, Nick. We we lost you, Nick. You gotta you gotta come back here. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, you're back. Okay. Uh if Drew Brees was still playing for the New Orleans Saints, they would be running away with the division right now. That's my hot take. Mm, I don't know how I feel about that take. Would they win it? I think they would win it if they had Drew Brees. No. No. Because I think I think that you're just looking at the same thing we're looking at with Tom Brady. I think it's I think the Saints are more competitive for the like I wouldn't be shocked if they're currently tied with the Bucks for the division, maybe a game up, but I don't think they're running away with it. I I really do not think that Jameis Winston slash Taysom Hill have been that bad. They've been bad. But I, I think there's more problems with the Saints than the quarterback position, to be honest. I don't know. I kind of feel like 
I don't know. There's something about it. I feel like. The- Nick, I think you're having some internet connections issues because uh, I've lost you again. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can. Okay. What I what I said was, um, I think if they had Drew Brees right now, they would at least be having a winning record, I think. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know, Jim. I, I really don't think it's purely on Jameis and Taysom Hill right now. I mean, the NFC South is trash. And the Saints, like... The Saints, in my opinion, aren't even the second-best team in the NFC South. I think the second-best team in the NFC South is the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, they're kind of rolling a little bit. Like, I, I think that team is talented. I, I Honestly, my thing with the Panthers, man, is I think that they were running into the problem of an identity crisis. I really don't think Baker Mayfield's that bad. I really think that, like, because there was such a divide on whether it should be Baker or... Why am I drawing a blank on his name now? Holy shit. Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. Sorry, yeah, I was like, USC quarterback, Sam Darnold. You know, those two, like, I think there was such a divide that, like, there just wasn't, it wasn't working out. And in the NFL, man, there's no room for error. Like, you can't be off a little bit as a team. That's my, that's the only argument about, like, that I will ever hear out about the NFL being better than college football is currently as the world is written. There is so much parity in the NFL comparatively to college football that it does make it fun. I mean, for God's sakes, the Lions just beat the Vikings. You know, the the Giants are now reeling once again. Like, there's only one one lost team in the NFL at this point in the season. Yeah. So there's so much parity and, and injuries. Like college football injuries matter, but they really matter in the NFL. Like, one minim, minuscule step back is, is enough to cost you. I mean, you can just look at my team. We had a major scare with Debo yesterday. Luckily, it's just an MCL sprain, and he'll be back soon. But that guy's basically, you know, 50% of our offense right now. So, yeah, it does change a lot. Shout out to him for my fantasy team. My team's out of the playoff race, but we're winning that consolation bracket. So, shout out Debo. Yeah, but, he's on all three of my teams, so <laughs> shout-out Debo. Oh, what, a, what a San Francisco homer. <laughs> Nick, I'm just surprised you're not the new head coach at Stanford. I was waiting for that to, that news to break. Uh, dude, my, my, my brother was kind of heartbroken about David Shaw being – well, l- l- let's just say they parted ways. Um, it, that was he, he, he would die if he was the coach of Stanford. He, I think my brother would love that job. Um, so are you a Stanford over Cal family then? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think when – before, like, any of us went to NC State and, you know, Wake and Stanford were so completely, like, away from each other that we kind of rooted for two teams, um, we were definitely a Stanford – Family over a Cal family for sure. Stanford family for sure. Oski the bear is so much cooler than the tree, but yeah, I don't have a. Admit, there are some cringy things about Stanford. The band. Well, the tree is actually kind of awesome, and I respect him for getting suspended by saying Stanford doesn't like fun. I respect the hell out of him for that. Yeah. I just, dude, I, I don't think there's no, no there's a couple, but I, top five uniform of all time is Cal's retro uniforms. Like I am in love with those like. Not powdered blue, but not sky blue. Like, the royal blue, I guess. And the gold. Like, the yellow gold. Oh. Mm. Plus, no disrespect to Stanford Stadium, but, like, you know, Tightwad Hill. Oh, like, dude, Cal is, like, like next year, Nick, I am pretty determined to try to get out to a Cal game. Hopefully both, like Cal and Stanford in the same weekend. But Cal preferably, because at that stadium just, mm. Not to mention that's where the ban on the field happened. So, anyways, enough Pac-12 talk for the day. Um, Nick, let's talk. Ba- let's talk football real quick because obviously I want this to be a heartily basketball conversation after the weekend we had in the ACC. Um, first off, everyone, I want you to know this is Nick's last podcast uh, with us here, as NC State is poaching all of Virginia's past love. Uh, looks like Brennan Armstrong is going to potentially go to NC State. They still are offensive line coach and Garrett Touje. Uh, they obviously took Robert Anai, who 
he actually is missed from Virginia, even though he threw to a lineman against Virginia Tech in his last ever game with the Hoos. Um, so, Nick, you are no longer no, – I'm just kidding. But on a serious note, I love that hire for NC State. Um, Garrett Touje, Nick, I don't know how much you followed it. He's the reason Ola Olawatimi, who is now at Michigan, even came to Virginia. Who, by the way, just won like every award that a yeah, center he can won, win. Like a lot of awards, too. <laughs> yeah, Virginia has been developing offensive linemen at, at a rate that you would not expect, considering the talent numbers that have been like Nick. You're not going to get a bunch of five-star offensive linemen, but you're going to get some absolute development on that front. Like you got an absolute hoss. Like I am honest. Like as a Virginia fan, I am devastated because Nick. To to make you a little bit happier, I got a little bit of insider information. Um, I got to say, reveal the source a little bit. The the daughter of this new offensive court or uh, offensive line coach, excuse me, Jared Tuje, is not. I wouldn't call her a good friend of mine, but we we, we chat uh, on occasion, and she made it pretty clear uh, to some of us that we have a little UVA group chat with that this was purely because there is the goal at NC State with Robert and I's age to potentially pass off the offensive coordinator position to him in a, like in a few years, not like next year or anything. But give them a few years. But also, too, your assistant pool, Nick, is uh, he's almost getting paid double what he was at Virginia. <laughs> so uh, shout out to NC State for having money for assistance. Um, that really hurt hearing that because that once again just proves to me that Virginia, when they get the good people, are going to lose them because they can't afford to pay. Them. So. Uh, NC State fans that are listening, Nick, including you, actually tagged you in a tweet from our fifth quarter AC page. Follow Savannah; she's awesome. She'll you'll love interactions with her, I promise. But B, dude, you you guys got a great one. Like, and this man was recruiting for, like for Virginia as hard as humanly possible. You're gonna get. We just had two offensive linemen that entered the portal, and I would not be shocked if they end up in Raleigh. And those were two of our stars. Which yes, our offensive line was not great. Well, we were trotting out young offensive linemen with inexperience. And you could argue that that offensive line got much better as the year progressed. Like, it wasn't as much of a liability as it was in the first couple weeks of the season. So, you know, you're going to get you're gonna get a guy that's going to develop talent, which I think is what NC State needs to be. I think NC State, like, I think NC State needs to be the perfect combination of, NC, of North Carolina and Wake. The development portion of Wake and, you know, the occasional four or five stars as UNC gets. And that will make you the best program in the state. So I, I love love that hire. Um, so I'm really happy for you, Syracuse fans, um, promoting, uh, I almost said Tim Beck. That's not Tim Beck. Uh, Jason Beck, the quarterback's coach for you all this past year, to be your offensive coordinator to replace Robert and I. Upgrade, in my opinion. You just got an incredible talent. Um, so, the ACC got better, I think. And, and the worst part is those guys were in Virginia's room uh, two years ago. So, really, really tough to see as a Virginia fan. Um, you know, again, we are pending some of the news on Sam Hartman. Um, UNC is absolutely screwed, Nick, uh, in their bowl game especially. Um, but, holy crap. Like, I, as a UVA fan, Nick, I'm devastated by what we have in the portal. And yet we are still doing better than UNC and Virginia Tech. Now, Virginia Tech's portal transfers, kind of similar to Virginia, but actually I would say this, like, Virginia lost a lot of key players. But, like, Virginia Tech, I don't think their portal transfers are as devastating as, like, one would imagine. Like, like what UNC or Virginia even are really dealing with, where it's like, I mean, we just lost Noah Jackson, our, our last remaining top defensive player, entered the portal today. So, you know, it, it is, if you're Virginia Tech, you're not, I wouldn't be as concerned about your portal entries. Um, they're doing a pretty good job of grabbing some talent in the portal. But, man, this portal is, uh, again, I have no problem with it. I, I think, again, it'll all come down. It'll kind of relax at some point. But as a Virginia fan right now, man, it is, like I said, 2019 was the peak and I think we all made a deal with the devil because it's gone very, very south for Virginia very, very quickly. <laughs> but anything you want to add on the football front, Nick? I mean, we've got, what, we have one ACT bowl game this weekend, right? Yeah, just one. Okay. Let me just make sure. I'm not going to lie. These, these days start to blend together real fast. Yeah, um, it's always that time of year where the days blend together. But um, 
That's yeah, right. Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Louisville. Louisville this Saturday. And then six days later, we'll have Wake, Missouri. So and Malik like Cunningham is now playing in that bowl game for Louisville. So, love that. Who's not? Well, Malik Cunningham. He entered the portal. Oh, no. He declared for the draft. Sorry, he declared for the draft. Oh, wow. I was about to say that's huge news. Um, let's see. What do I want to add? Um... Yeah, as an NC State fan, I love the offensive coordinator hire, Robert Anaya. I think that's great. I mean, you look at his track record at Virginia and his one year at Syracuse. I mean, he's developed guys. Um, he's almost like a Tim Beck where it is. He is a quarterback whisperer. I mean, look what he did with Brennan, Brennan Armstrong. He had Garrett Schrader look really, really good this season. Mason Hill. Jason Hill was his, uh, was his quarterback at BYU. Yeah, yeah. Your uh, quarterback before, Brendan Armstrong, but his name Bryce Perkins. Yep, and Kurt Bankert as well. Made yeah. him look pretty so relevant. I'm excited for this. I That was the one thing as a state fan that I was going to miss about Tim Beck was how he was developing our quarterbacks. Um, it, I mean, he, he proved it the whole time with Ryan Finley. Then, I mean, when – Devin Leary went down the first time back in 2020. Ba- he, he made Bailey Hawkman look good. Uh, he got us to eight wins in the COVID year. Devin still looked good afterwards for the next season. And then when he went down again, obviously MJ and then now Ben Finley, it has all been very good on that front with Tim Beck. And I was very upset that we were going to lose that. But when you look at Robert and I and his track record with quarterbacks, it's like, okay, well, this is great. We're basically getting another Tim Beck with great with quarterbacks. So I really like that. Um, your offensive line coach, I think that makes me very, very happy considering, you know, I've never had a problem with our own line. Uh, we have developed. Uh, who is, you know, the starting left tackle at the Panthers was the sixth overall pick last year. So, and our offensive line all year this year has been very good. Uh, Grant Gibson will definitely be a high draft pick uh, going into the NFL draft. So the fact that we got a better offensive line coach from your perspective, Micah, does give me a lot of confidence that we can get uh, talented guys and develop guys, uh, you know, very quickly. The only thing I'm a little concerned about as an NC State fan, I think a lot of State fans in general are very confused with Brennan Armstrong. Obviously a very great talent, um, had an incredible season in 2021. Nick, Brennan Armstrong is better than Devin Leary. No, no, no. This has nothing to do with Devin Leary. This no, 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 no. But I'm, I'm but, not even going to mention no, his name. No, I'm speaking to NC State fans. Brennan Armstrong is better than Devin Leary. If Brennan Armstrong had half of what Devin Leary had this season or last season, he's taking them to the Orange Bowl. No, I agree. I 100% agree. I think I have said it when, when the preseason – ACC Offensive Player Awards came out in August. And everyone, by everyone I mean Wake fans, uh, got upset about Devin Leary being being the ACC Preseason Player of the Year and not Sam Hartman. I came out and said, if it were Devin Leary, Sam Hartman, or even Brennan Armstrong, I said those three quarterbacks in the tweet, I would be very – I wouldn't care. I think that's very logical. Brennan Armstrong – is very, very good, very, very talented. But I'm not talking about Devin Leary. I think State fans are a little worried that MJ might hit the transfer portal if he commits, Um, which we have, I think, as State fans, we have all agreed MJ's the future. He's probably playing in the bowl game against Maryland. Um, So we are going to be a little confused if Brennan Armstrong commits. To NC State, uh, it has nothing to do with Devin Leary, which is kind of also confusing. The only reason why I will bring up Devin Leary now is I think it was best for both parties. You know, you don't want to – if you bring back Devin Leary, 
you're going to have him probably compete for the job as the starting quarterback. And if he wins the job, then MJ is going to be gone. But if he loses the job, then that sucks for Devin. He just wasted his last year of eligibility uh, as a second string quarterback. So it made sense for both parties. And now state is basically going to roll with MJ Morris. Now Nick, you, you really Armstrong. I think state fans are just a little confused and a little worried. Now, again, MJ has not said anything. He is probably going to play in the bowl game, but we'll see. Brennan Armstrong, well, Brennan Armstrong hasn't officially committed either. There's no shot at Brennan Armstrong. He's a talented dude who could have easily won ACC player of the year. If you know, it wasn't a rebuild for Virginia, but I think, uh, I think we're just a little confused. Well, here's the theory. This is the reason why Brennan Armstrong hasn't committed to NC State yet, Nick. It's because I guarantee you Robert and I wants to see MJ Morris play on December 28th or 9th or whatever, 30th, whatever day that bowl game is, against Maryland. That's 100% what's happening here. I mean, Armstrong might commit before then, but I genuinely think that he wants to see that. My also argument to NC State fans, I don't think Morris hits the portal if Brennan Armstrong comes. Brandon Armstrong has a history of being a hell of a teammate. He's a great person to sit behind. He's also someone that I think MJ Morris could genuinely beat out if he plays up to his potential. And this man, this is not a shot at MJ Morris. He's not a starting quarterback at half the ACC schools next year if he transfers. So where does he want to go? The G5? He ain't going to go start at North Carolina. He's not going to go start at Duke. Maybe if Sam Hartman leaves, but even then, I still think that Mitch Griffiths has a lot of love from the, the staff over at Wake. So there's no guarantee he starts at Wake. He wouldn't start at, Vir- well, he probably would start at Virginia. But Virginia you know described a transfer. Where? You know where he were, would start at? And it's not even what? in the ACC? Well, it's Coast Carolina. I'm talking SEC. I think he would go back to Georgia and start for Kirby Smart. <laughs> you don't know about Brock Vandergrift, do you? They have a five-star what? quarterback. They have a five-star quarterback who is arguably better than Stetson Bennett, who doesn't have the leadership yet. I promise you, MJ Morris does not start over Brock Vandergrift. They have a five-star quarterback that is on the roster currently. When was the last time they? When was the last time they grabbed a big-name quarterback out of the transfer portal? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. First off, not a big name. Second okay, off. Second off. Daniels. Again, name me a starter. Cool, you grabbed him from the portal. Did they win the job? Yeah, for three games until they lost the job. He lost the job, though. You think MJ Morris would be stupid enough to go to that? Both those guys lost to quarterbacks, the lower star quarterback. I promise. And... No disrespect to MJ Morris, he is not the type of pocket passer that Georgia wants. Yeah, they more want like he has a he has, he has a better he has a better chance to beat Brock Vandegrift, or excuse me, uh, Brandon Armstrong than Brock Vandegrift for a job. And I guarantee you, Georgia's not rolling out the red carpet for the NIL to keep to get him there when they have a guy named Brock Vandegrift, and by the way, a five-star quarterback in this class coming there. I promise you that's – he wouldn't start. Now, he can go there if he wants to. He's not going to start. Nick, I, I don't want to burst any NC State fans' bubble. MJ Morris is not a top-10 AC quarterback at this moment in time. No, and that I says a lot. That. I know that. But like, he has upside, he... but he has upside, but he's not good enough now to just barge in and take the job. Are you Anywhere. Are you saying that you're confident if Brennan Armstrong comes – to NC State, that MJ won't transfer? He won't transfer. I don't think there'll be a P5 spot for him. He can transfer if he wants, but he's going down to the G5. He'll go. He'll literally follow Tim Beck, the Coastal, who currently, if you didn't see, Grayson McCall is currently in the portal. Yeah. But would like, he want, and, and again, if he wants to do that, would he want? Would he want to go even go to Coastal? Because all the rumors oh, are that Devin Leary's going to go to Coastal. And, and I agree. That's what I'm saying. Like, 
I don't think it's in his best interest to. Again, I'm not going to say that I know what this kid wants or is going to do. I mean, we live in a world where, you know, everyone believes that they can win the job. Well, if that's the case, then win the job at NC State, my guy. Like, again, Nick, like, you're talking about the confusion of NC State fans, right, about Brennan Armstrong. I'm like, you know, you, you saw one great year and then you saw a not so great year this year. So you can argue that, well, why would we even want to risk that with MJ Morris? Well, if I'm MJ Morris, I would go, I can beat this guy out. I think if Brandon Armstrong comes into town, I think that Mike J. Morris might still be the starter to start this, the fall camp or summer camp or whatever, spring ball. Like, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, it's not even a done deal that Brandon Armstrong is going there. It's just rumored to go there. And, like, if I'm MJ Morris, who has mobility, right? Like, that's a mobile quarterback, right? Like, yeah. he can move. Why would you not want to stay with Robert or Nye? Like, Bryce Perkins, I understand, is the third-string quarterback for the L.A. Rams, but he's only a third-string quarterback for the L.A. Rams because of what Robert and I did to show that his ability to throw the ball. Like, Nick, I don't know if you watched that Rams-Chief game where Bryce Perkins was a starter. The Rams aren't very good, and I would argue that they played the Chiefs more competitively than they should have with a third-string quarterback. Why? Because Bryce Perkins was able to make plays with his legs. Mm-hmm. Like, Brennan Armstrong, honestly is a good passer because he's able to scare you with rolling out of the pocket and running. Like, this year, that's all Brennan Armstrong was really good at, to be honest. (laughs) So, if I'm MJ Morris, you're going to have a chance to really see your ability. And, like, I don't mean this. Nick, I'm just going to give you a fair warning now. Any running backs you have, you will want to pull your hair out when they're not getting touches in the fourth quarter. Like, you'll run into a very similar... It's the issue that we saw with Syracuse this year where they're not handing the ball off to Sean Tucker because <laughs> they just love to throw the ball 100 times a game. But if you're MJ Morris, why would you not want that opportunity? Right. I, I just think his value at NC State is too valuable. And I genuinely do not believe that if Brian Armstrong rolls in, that he's guaranteed to get the job. I think he might because, again, he has the advantage of Robert or not. But I also, again, this is just a personal opinion. There is no... Insider information is I think the reason why Brandon Armstrong has not made a commitment yet is because he knows he's got value. He's got options. And I, I guarantee you, Robert and I is like, I kind of want to see what NC State's about. And maybe maybe it's not watch the bowl game itself. Maybe it's just go watch some practices. I have no idea if Robert and I is left Syracuse or if he's going to coach the bowl. I, that I don't know. I would not be surprised if Robert and I is coaching the bowl game for Syracuse. But I really don't know that answer. I do know that I do know that Garrett Touje will be with NC State in Charlotte to watch the bowl game. I know that because again, no disrespect to UVA, but that's over. <laughs> Season's over, and, he's, and they're not going to keep him on the trail recruiting for Virginia if he's leaving. Clearly, <laughs> so I, I do um, have a quick question for you. Um, yeah. And may, may, it might be a stupid question, but are these these coaches that make these moves, whether you're a head coach or I, – I, I don't think head coach, but maybe like an offensive coordinator or like coach, are you allowed to coach in your new team's bowl game? No, I don't think so. Didn't, didn't, we, see, didn't we see Manny Diaz do that last year after Miami released him and he was co- – who is he like the offensive coordinator for now? I don't believe he's allowed to coach, but he's allowed to be like in the press box watching the game. Okay, so I, I thought I thought we saw, I thought I saw Manny Diaz last year after Miami released him on the sidelines, like with a headset and everything, with the new team he was with. I forget where he's at now, but he's at um, oh my gosh, Penn State. Is it Penn State? Let me see. I'm gonna look this up real quick. Yeah, it's driving me nuts now too. So, so basically, Robert and I, he can't, not allowed to coach the bowl game. Yeah, he's at Penn State. Well, no, yeah, he's at Penn State. Penn State, yeah, okay. I don't believe he coached that bowl game. He was there, but I don't believe he coached it. Oh, okay. I don't know why I thought I saw him on the sideline for that. I mean, again, this is just the Wikipedia. He probably was on the side. You can be on the sidelines if you want. You just can't, like, actually be in communications on the field. Gotcha. Okay. That was my question. So, but anyways, like, at the end of the day, like, I don't think it should matter. If you've been fired, like, 
Yeah, and like in his case, he was fired right. from his job. Like, I think if you're just leaving your job, that's not acceptable. But if you're fired, I mean, fuck it. I mean, why not? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So, but anyways, like, yeah, there'll be eyes on it. And, like, I, again, if I'm NC State, like, because I know that Tim Beck is not, not in Raleigh anymore. I know that. He is down at Coastal. I'm hoping to meet him at the Birmingham Bowl so I can tell him thank you for doing my friend Nick a favor by leaving Raleigh. Do not say uh, that. I, I respect him. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate kidding. what he's done. He did. No, I know. He did great things for our offense. I, I know. I'm just, I know you do. <laughs> but, uh, you didn't let me finish. I was going to say, and shout out to ruining my friend's life as a coastal graduate who thinks that you might screw them over for shooting the history. But, anyways, <laughs> Get like ready for a lot of screen passes, dude. It is like watching uh, Purdue football. Louisville's getting in for the a rude awakening too for the screen passes, but um, no, I mean, again, there's a lot to go on. I mean, Nick, we'll have to preview the uh, Kega Nails Fenway Bowl, sponsored by Wasabi, and unfortunately, it's not the Wasabi dish. Which, by the way, Nick, okay, quick, super random side note: Do you like Wasabi? Uh yeah. Dude, I am a psychopath. I love wasabi. I love that feeling of my nostrils just being lit on fire yeah. by wasabi. Like, I, 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 like if I'm not feeling good, I don't really like sushi, but I will go get it because I know I get wasabi with it. Yeah, that makes sense. A lot of people do that for colds and stuff. Like, I hate, I hate how it makes my, my tongue feel, but man, I think it tastes pretty good. You mix that with the little, like... I don't even know what it is. Is it bamboo? Is it celery? Whatever that like oh, sweet like. Yeah, the pink and like it's sometimes light green too. Yeah, it's ginger. Ginger. Oh, that's what. That's right. It's ginger. Combo of ginger and wasabi. Oh. I'm with mm. you there. I like that. I like that. Well, okay. well anyways, uh, listeners, you know that's your fun fact of the day with Micah and Nick. But Nick, that's all I've got for football. Obviously, we'll preview. Um, it'll have to be Thursday for me to preview the. Wasabi Fenway Bowl and the Kegs and Ales game. Um, but with that being said, are we ready to talk a little basketball? I am. Let's talk some basketball. All right. Well, we got four teams in the top 25 now. Yeah. And, and UVA was underranked. So shout out to the pollsters. Um, it do, so here's my problem with the, with the ranking real quick. So they ranked Purdue in front of Virginia. And I understand that Virginia won by five against James Madison and won by five against Florida State on Saturday, who was a three and eight or three and nine team, right? But they also host wins over current top 11 teams. Well, no, I lied because Illinois dropped the 18. Top 20 teams in Illinois and Baylor. Oh, by the way, they beat Michigan, who is receiving votes and was ranked going into the week. And yet, Purdue, who, by the way, only beat Nebraska by three points in overtime on Saturday. And I guess they beat a, a, a powerhouse, I guess, in Hofstra by 19. Or no, math is hard. I'll say that might be. No, that's 19. Yeah, by 19. But they host a win over Duke, a win over Gonzaga. So they have the same amount of wins against ranked teams. The strength of schedule is actually better for Virginia. And yet, Virginia is jumped by Purdue when Virginia was in front of Purdue this week, and Purdue did nothing this week to justify their case. That is my problem, is if Purdue would have gotten a better win than Virginia this week, I would have been okay with it, but they didn't. <laughs> I will not. I will not listen to Nebraska, even on the road, being a better win than James Madison, who, by the way, is nine and two right now. So, and and Virginia, of course, having again, Virginia will be able to prove they're the number one team in the country or not this Saturday against Houston. So I'm not overly upset, but it does frustrate me that that happened. But with that being said, Nick, any any major takeaways? Like the problem with basketball is we can't break down every game. We don't have time for that. That would take hours. So, what what games stood out to you? Is there any results that just have you 
you know, turning over in your grave. Um, Notre Dame, my thing is Notre Dame and Wake were probably the most disappointing teams of the weekend. Um, but I'm just curious what uh, what you're thinking. Um, yeah, I've got a few points. Um, I'll start off with your Purdue and Virginia take. The only thing I, I 100% agree with you, I think it's kind of bull that Purdue jumped Virginia. The only thing I can think of, Micah, is that Virginia has only played eight games and Purdue has played ten. So they yeah. kind of maybe they see more. And I know one of your games was canceled. Not your fault, obviously. Something tragic happened. But I think because Purdue has just simply played two more games. That's the only sure. thing I can think of. I think they were afraid to put Virginia at that one spot. And Virginia's wins were – the two big wins they have are neutral site. Yeah. So there's that too. So. Yeah. So that's my only thinking. But um, let's see. A few points uh, that I want to bring up. Uh, I'm just going to rip the Band-Aid off right now and get it over with. I know a lot of people don't want to hear me talk NC State, but I'm just going to rip the Band-Aid off. <laughs> it will be quick. It will be quick. I promise. Um, that was disappointing. That was a terrible, terrible loss. What looked like to be a very promising, very good on the road ACC win was a 16 point lead blown and then a 10 point lead blown. Um, I don't know how that happens. It, it, it seems like Kevin Keats has a problem of getting too comfortable and when they get too comfortable his offensive scheme is just 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 to jack up threes uh i won't blame him for the loss against Pitt because again i've said this before two of our best shooters when to combine 0 for 20 in the field so that will lose you games and to only lose by eight against Pitt like that i don't blame keats it for that at all uh but i do blame him for this one it's unacceptable, inexcusable. I don't know how you let that happen. I still believe that this team is uh, a lot better than last year. It's a lot more talented. They're a lot more fun. They're a lot more physically happier. Like you see smiles on these guys. Um, and we're, we're still off to a better start this year than we were last year. So Well, they're, ha- they're happier because they know how to lose now. I'm just kidding. Yeah, right. Um, so – that's all I'm going to say. I, we got two more out-of-conference games against Furman and Vanderbilt, so we got to knock those two out. And then, I mean, I swear to God, if we lose to Louisville to really open up conference play where it's like, you know, all you play is conference teams throughout the rest of the season, I, you can go ahead and fire Kevin Keats because that's just inexcusable to lose to an 0-9 Louisville team. Um, I mean, is Louisville going to win five games? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. I mean, he might. They might beat us at the, at this rate. I don't know. Um, so that's all I have on NC State. I think they can get these next two wins, get a little momentum back, be ten and three before uh, playing Louisville. So we'll see. But it that was a disappointing loss. And I yeah, I think if I think if you're an NC State fan, the frustrating part, and you nailed it, is not the fact like. You shouldn't have beat Miami in Miami. Like, to be frank, you, you, you were the underdog. I think Miami was the better team. Yes, they were. But like, you, but like you said, especially when you're a team like NC State who screams bubble team, you have to find ways to win games when you have, this, when you have starts like that. When a team starts a little slow and you get out in front like that, you have to finish those games. And the worst part is, is Nick, I mean, I understand that a lot of it was free throws down the stretch. But you almost lost by double digits. Yeah, I know. You ba- you basically got outscored by twenty. Actually, you did get outscored by twenty points down the stretch. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Again, um, my only thing is NC State fans. I think you lost to what the arguably the third best team in the conference, fourth yeah. best team in the conference. So, at least you can hang your. And again, it was on the road. If you do that in Raleigh, and that would have been what back to back in Raleigh. Yeah, that would have been tough. Um, but at least they're able to kind of rebound, you know, and, and kind of get rolling. And hopefully, again, get rolling with with Louisville. Um, Nick, before we continue to talk more games, so I made a I made a bet 
with a coworker who put, so we have a hot tech board at work and like, that's why I put, you know, Virginia tech to the final four on. Right. And like, yeah, there's nothing to lose with it. It's just like you get points if you get it right and so on and so forth. Well, he put on the hot take board that the ACC gets three or less teams in the NCAA tournament. And I thought he was insane for that. I literally, so I made a bet with him. I'll give him a hundred bucks if that happens. He has to give me five. If it, like if, if I'm right, like if there's four or more teams, he has to give me five bucks. So I basically gave him 20 to one odds that wouldn't happen. <laughs> And I'm starting to little worry about it a little bit. Yeah. Because a team that we talked about earlier this week in Clemson looked fucking terrible. They got ran out the building. And I understand like all Chicago's a good mid major team. But they got ran out the building. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's my problem with the ACC right now is I'm a Virginia fan. I believe our team is good. I do not know if our team is actually a Final Four contender. Because you just never know with Virginia, because Virginia's problem is if they run into a team that's not missing shots, they're screwed. It doesn't matter who it is. It could be UMBC. You know, like, you just never, like, Virginia, similar to Wisconsin when they were making their runs every year to the Elite Eight and Sweet 16, they run into a wall eventually where they can't score and the other team can't miss. Because that's what Virginia wants you to do. They want you to make contested shots. But if you can make them, you can make the play, then holy crap, you're screwed. <laughs> so I'm not rocking Virginia. I mean, Virginia Tech gets another great win against Oklahoma State. Uh, they are ranked now, correct, Nick? Yes, they are 24. Yeah, they should be higher. But regardless, like, again, I feel, I feel like we're going to get four. I mean, right now, we're, we're locked at four. I mean, because we have four teams ranked, and the ranked teams are getting in. So currently, I'm still sitting pretty. But, my goodness, man, like, I know I said that my most frustrating teams were probably, you know, Wake Forest and Notre Dame, because I had expectations for them. But, I mean, you got you have to throw Clemson in there as well, because that game, that was just, that was just bad. And the game was in Atlanta, man. Like, that wasn't like they went to Loyola, Chicago, played in a small gym, raucous environment. Like, there were more Clemson fans there. Yeah. And they got spanked. I mean, they found a way to kind of slow chase Hunter a little bit. And it just was... I mean, Clemson was a four-and-a-half point favorite and lost by 18. I mean, Boston College got ran out of the gym by Villanova, who, when you hear Villanova, you go, oh, not surprising. This Villanova team is five and six. <laughs> this is not the Villanova team of past. This is a might-sneak-in-the-tournament Villanova team. So, it's, it was a bad weekend, in my opinion, because I think, Nick, if NC State would have gotten it done against Miami, I would have been more positive, because I would have looked at Miami and said, I know they have, like, the thing, like, with NC State, I want to believe they have the potential, but they have yet to show it to us, you know? Right. Where, like, they've shown glimpses of it, but they can't put it together, where Miami... We've seen it put together. We know that they're capable of winning games when it matters. They would have lost to NC State because it was a bad night and the pack came to play. I call that a win for the conference. And instead, like, right now, Nick, NC State's the team. And they should be. This is a team that should be sitting at, we'll say 9-2, and two, just to be generous. This is a team that should be sitting at, honestly, I would argue 10-1. and one. Because... You should have won the Miami game, and hell, you should have even won the Kansas game if you could close that one out. Mm-hmm. What's saving you right now is at least the Butler and Dayton wins are pretty solid, but the rest of your non-conference schedule is not going to help you in terms of wins. Right, Furman. I can tell you right now, Nick. Furman's a pretty solid team. Um, they're a top three SoCon team. You have to beat them by double digits. If you don't, you are not an NCAA tournament team, and that's alarming. Because your next two games... Also, why are you playing Vanderbilt at 10.30 at night? Uh, because that's in Chicago. Okay, who the hell is going to a 9.30 Vanderbilt and NC State game in Chicago? I, I think what I hate more than neutral site football games is neutral site basketball games. They do not make sense. 
So I don't hate neutral site basketball games if it's like an all day tournament kind of thing. Like That's you know, you got games you got games rolling at eleven AM and two PM and I mean, this is probably there's probably a game before it, Nick. That's probably why it's scheduled for nine thirty. It's on CBS Sports Network. Well, you have like it never made sense to me when the programs are not basketball schools. Like Vanderbilt and NC State might send, we'll say, a tops a thousand fans each, and that's kind of probably being generous. You know, a thousand fans each to play in a United Center that holds twenty five thousand. Yeah. And there's a lot to do in Chicago at 9.30 at night on a Saturday, besides be at the United Center for two at-large, at-best teams. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, the, the, whatever. I, I, I don't – the tournaments are great. Like Maui, Bahamas, whatever. Those are great. These weird, out-of-nowhere play in New Mexico games are just – out of whack. I hate them. I do not like them. But yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I think you're. I think you're safe on your bet, Micah. I, I think you'll we'll get at least four or five teams in it. But a um, couple more, two more things on, or actually just one more thing on NC State. Um, we lost our center, Dusan. Um, when was it? We lost him again. You lost him against Coppin State. Really? Oh, I thought you lost him against Coppin State. Wasn't the last non-conference game you lost him? No, we we was it Coppin State? Was it that soon ago? Maybe it happened. Maybe it happened. It happened right before our last podcast. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm tripping. Yeah, it was Coppin State. Um. Yeah, that was a huge blow. I've mentioned it before. Now the official report is that it's a patella. So he's out indefinitely, which means we don't know when he's going to be back. He could be back after the holidays. He could be back never. So we don't know. Um, DJ Burns, I'm going to shout him out because he's the guy off the bench for him. Um, he played really well against Miami. Um, he, got, he carried the workload, basically had to play for two people throughout the game. Um, so I'm going to shout him out. That was, that was big of him to step up like that. Uh, I think he'll be good for us later down in these conference games, but, uh, that's it for me on NC state. Um, another team, I mean, obviously Miami, I kind of sniffed them out. I figured that they would be at the top of the conference. They're now 10 and one, uh, had a great comeback and are now in the top 25. Um, I'm a little disappointed in Clemson. Like you said, they were my team to watch out for. I thought they had beaten Loyola Chicago. Um, you know, they a really good team. And to get blown out by like blown out like that is a tough scene. Um, Carolina, they had a great bounce back win against Georgia Tech. That was a must need win um, to kind of get yourself back on track, see where they end up. Uh, and one more team that kind of just has disappointed me to start the season and Micah you brought them up Wake Forest man um not playing so well against Clemson they got their doors blown off and then they lost by two after giving up a lead I think to LSU yep they blew a 10 point lead yeah that's not good um I was keeping track of that game on my phone for a little bit when I was watching the state game and I couldn't believe LSU came back that was that's a tough game to blow um, if you're Wake Forest. That that was not good at all. Uh, it looked like things were riding high after, you know, they kind of redeemed themselves after that bad loss against LMU. They uh, beat Wisconsin, which on the road, which I think is a great win. But they have been struggling since. So Wake has been kind of been disappointing me a little bit as well. Atlanta was not good to the ACC teams. That is for sure. Yeah. Um, this weekend. But, no, I mean, I think with Wake, dude, Wednesday night's going to be a tough one. So they got, good, man. Dude, App is bringing a couple hundred people to that game. Like, Nick, I don't know if you have plans Wednesday night. You should try to go. That's going to be a, a really good atmosphere. Uh, I think it could be a pretty good game, too. I mean, I saw App play our men's team earlier this year. They got they some skill, man. They could they could catch them sleeping yeah, if they don't. Sneaky. And, like, the problem with Wake, man, is after this game – you're going to Rutgers, who's a tournament team. You're hosting Duke, who's a tournament team. 
You're hosting Virginia Tech after an 11-day break, because obviously for the holiday, NCAA tournament team. And then you go to North Carolina. <laughs> That's a tough-ass stretch. So if you don't win this game here, you've almost kissed your NCAA tournament hopes goodbye if you don't go at least 2-2 two and two in that four-game stretch. So things are not going to get easy for the Deeks. Like, again, this is a this is a talented team. That Wisconsin win's going to help them. Again, you know, but that that's pretty much it on their resume. And again, that LMU loss you talked about, they shouldn't have lost that game. They shouldn't have lost LSU either. And Clemson was just an embarrassment game, to be honest. Yeah. So, you know, they're struggling right now. They got to get right against App because if not, they're in some trouble. So definitely a team you talk about. I also just wanted to shout out Syracuse. Congratulations on not getting Jim Beheim fired this weekend. Uh, they started absolutely slow against Georgetown. And Nick, I was preparing to, for us to have to record about how Jim Beheim is out at Syracuse. <laughs> <laughs> and they rallied to win by almost 20 um, at home. So they're, they're currently down two to Monmouth. Again, it's seven to five, like two minutes into the game. So we'll, we'll relax on like, oh, God, here we go again. But... You know, I just want to shout out Syracuse because, like, I, I was genuinely prepared for me to be like, hey, I know, uh, I know we were playing record Sunday night. Obviously, we ended up pushing it back to Monday, but we might need to do a recording sooner <laughs> because a legend, a legend just got fired. <laughs> yeah. So, but shout out to them to survive that. Georgetown's not very good, but hey, winning by 20, the Patrick Ewing coach Georgetown team is never, never a bad thing. Um, but that's kind of all I've got. I see, um, I'm looking at the, the, the schedule ahead. The fact that NC State's only a six-point favor over Furman's a little, little, little disappointing. Yeah. But um, I mean, we have, we have, we do have some good basketball this weekend. I mean, Ohio State at North Carolina. I mean, I think Vanderbilt, NC State can be good. Clemson at Richmond has the potential to be a good game. Um, obviously, Wake at Rutgers, and then obviously the the primetime game, the two o'clock game, Houston at Virginia. But that's a big one, man. Yeah, it is. I'm very happy that that's in Charlottesville <laughs> and not in Houston like it was last year. Or I think last year it was technically in Frisco or whatever. But still, I know they played last year. No, they played Baylor last. I don't know. Virginia's played some weird things in Texas over the last couple of years. But you know, again, the ACC is sitting like. Nick, before we wrap up the podcast, if the season ended today, how many teams did you put in the tournament? Like in the NCAA tournament, not obviously the ACC tournament. Ooh, good question. I'm going to say let – me, let me look at Clemson real quick. Uh, I'm going to say five. I think you can sneak Clemson in there. They have two good – not, I mean, I don't know if they're good, but they have two power five out of conference wins against Cal and against Penn State. They, um, you know, they beat Wake really well. Uh, Loyola Chicago is probably a tournament team. Um, they beat, they only lost by three to a ranked Iowa team. I think, I think they would need, uh, they would be a bubble team. They would need a lot to fall in their place, but. I'll risk it for the biscuit and say that Clemson's in. So I'll, I'll say five right now. Okay, I, I, I don't, I don't hate it. I, I don't, I don't hate it. Um, let's see. I think Virginia's a lock. Duke's a lock. Virginia Tech's a lock. North Carolina's a lock? No. I, I, I just looked at their schedule. What's their win? You're right, but remember, we live in the world of quality losses. And it's also this brand. Like, dude, North Carolina did not deserve to be in the tournament last year. So, I, if this is the. Like, now, if North Carolina goes tumbling even worse than what they're currently doing, sure. I don't think it's going to get much worse than what we saw, though, with four straight losses. They, they might have quality losses, but they also have bad losses. I mean, I agree. I think I think we're sitting at five as well. I think that Miami... Nick, did I lose you? Are you still there? I, 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 I got I, you. Yeah, yeah, I got a phone call, so you know, I got to love that. 
Um, but I got I got five people, five teams making the tournament, and I think honestly, NC State's more of a likelihood right now than Clemson, just because NC State has a little bit better of a strength of schedule, and I I, I do think this team has the potential to do it. So. Yeah. Um, they, I think they have the potential to. I mean, the Georgia Tech. Uh, if they can, oh man, if they can rattle off Ohio State and Michigan, I think they're back. North Carolina? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I agree. So, and also, we have to, we have to shout something out, Nick. Guess where the both at this year? Greensboro? Yes, sir. Yeah. And it's rightful home where the headquarters should be. I agree 100%. That's well, where they should be. Dude, when that when they move out of that office, it's going to be so sad. They better keep that building up as like a museum or something. That's what they should do. I know, like, because you know how, like, the Greensboro Coliseum has that little, like, ACC museum? Yeah. You ever seen that? They should move that to the old golf course site. Like where like the actual headquarters are currently, uh, Nick. If you ever get a chance, I'm being very serious when I say that. So they're they're not super strict about stopping by. Granted, when I stopped by, I was working there, so they're a little bit more lenient about me just going wherever. But you can go in and walk around. They have a bunch of like trophies and interactive things on like the first level. You should really go check it out. I can send you the address if you want to. It's only going to be a 30 minute drive for you. You should go one day. I'm telling you, it's it's really cool. Yeah, I remember seeing the um, because that's where the ACC Hall of Fame is, right? Were no, the Hall of Fame, the Hall, uh, the Hall of Fame is at the Coliseum. Oh, okay, okay. The headquarters are like on the Pineville. It's oh god, hold on. I know the name of this golf course now, but I always forget it. Oh yeah, Pineville. I think it's Pineville. I think um, you're right. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. Let's look at the map here real quick. So it's, cause it's just south of Greensboro, technically. Kind of where, where uh, 73 and 85 meet. Oh, no, sorry. The Grandover Resort. So, uh, yeah, so but you can literally roll up. It's literally off of ACC Lane. You just type in ACC Lane <laughs> in the... Uh, <laughs> Greensboro, North Carolina, it'll come right up. But there, it's a nice fun, little, fun fact, little ACC, clubhouse. There's an ACC Boulevard right outside of Raleigh. Really? Never knew that. But, yeah, they have, like, a nice little inside and everything you can kind of go check out. Um, the receptionist there, I don't know if it's the same one as when I was there, but she was super nice. Um, you know, they have, like, ACC throw pillows that I almost stole because, you know, psychopath me. But you know, it, it's a really cool a little thing again, like, and just because it's you know it's moving soon, just to say you saw it, because it's very rare you get to see like headquarters like that. So, again, just keep that in mind. But I mean, that's all I've got for the podcast. I mean, right now we have a lot. Again, we this, again, this will be a big week to tell us a little bit more. Um, I'm so glad the bowl start. My uh, honestly, the two bowl games I'm most looking forward to that are not. New Year's Six games, so aka like you know playoffs and or you know Clemson Tennessee uh, are this weekend. Uh, I think I'm am, I'm the most amped for Troy and UTSA. That's it. That should be. I think the winner of that game should get to play Tulane for the Cotton Bowl. But that's besides the point. Um, and uh, I'm very excited for. I mean, this Louisville Cincinnati game is going to be just a drunk bar fight. Because both teams are going to want to kill each other. But we really don't know what to expect because players are not playing and these teams are very wishy-washy all season. So it's going to be a, a heck of a year. Yeah, I think it is for sure. Um, but, no, that that's all I got, man. I'm, I'm excited for the bowl games. They're about to get going this week. Um and I think we'll see more of what goes on with basketball. I'm glad that we got four teams now in the top 25. We'll just see how the quality of it goes. For sure. For sure. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening, Nick, as always. Thanks for hopping on. 
Um, we are going to probably stop talking in the next 10 seconds. We'll keep it under an hour for the first time, I think, in a long time, Nick. So as always, it means just a little bit less here in HD Country, and go ACC.